Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today, we're answering your listener questions. Switch it up a little bit. Say my name a little bit differently. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> For a while there, I feel like I struggled with saying I'm Matt, but I say it a little more articulately you've, at this point. A little improved. more clearly. Yeah, your, your podcasting skills no. have come a long way. Dramatically improved over the past five years. <laughs> uh, we are taking listener questions during this Monday episode of the How to Money podcast. We've got a question that, that has to do with a not-so-great Fidelity account. That's right. We're criticizing the almighty Fidelity. <laughs> we'll get to that one. There's another question about geographic arbitrage, and someone else is asking about financially preparing for a kiddo, what that entails. We'll get to that. Plus more during this episode, buddy. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And by the way, there's a there's going to be kind of a laundry list answer on the, the preparing for a child uh, standpoint. There's a lot to really consider, so we'll get into all that in just a second. But Matt, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm going to give a long-winded... We go in-depth here on the podcast. For sure. That's what I'm saying. We're not going to say to like, just there, do all these five to ten no, things. There are a lot of things to consider set. is what I'm saying. Like when yes, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not just one thing, right? It's not just I guess like, I think of a laundry list and it just sounds like, do this, then do oh, this, then no, do this. That's not. Okay. I just meant there's a lot to talk about. Maybe I just don't know what a laundry list means. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've never done laundry. No, you, you do. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, before we get to our listener questions, Matt, I feel like it was pertinent and worth mentioning we've talked about mint going away mint uh, is transitioning users to and which is like been one of the most popular and free budgeting softwares in existence well the folks over at intuit said we're shutting it down and so if you want to you know continue with some of what mint offers well you're gonna have to come over to credit karma and use that and so people are trying to figure that out but then there are other alternatives that we've mentioned that are potentially going to 
be better suited for you than mint, even if it means paying a little bit of money. Well, listener Alex reached out and he mentioned something that we've actually never heard of. It's funny. You mentioned we're going to talk smack about Fidelity in a second, but we got some good news. Yeah, we'll say something good on the Fidelity Fidelity front. He mentioned there's something called Fidelity Full View, and I'd never... I didn't even know this existed. Did you? I did not. No. So this is so for, for some reason that somebody reached out to us. Yeah. There's like nothing out there on Fidelity Full View. Like almost nobody uses it. There's like a, re- a Reddit thread <laughs> or something like that. And so. And maybe it's because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually. I mean, we, we both looked into it. It doesn't suck. No, it's got it, a lot of functionality. It's built into like basically if you have an account with Fidelity, you go into there. And so I, I guess the first main tab over on the left, it's like account slash trade. If you click that, there's a big drop down. And one of the options is this thing called full view. And it's got a little TM next to it. But obviously, with it being Fidelity, there's more of a focus specifically on net worth. Like that's the first tab once you click it. It's Almost kind of like Empower does, right? Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense because it's immediately automatically linked to your different retirement accounts. So they have the most up to date information. But what they don't have the most necessarily up to date information are the different accounts that you spend on. So like yeah. your credit card or your, but you can your link savings those. account you link them but you know like there's always that that lag that delay yeah. uh, as to when it updates so you can maybe expect a little bit of that that lag but guess what your net worth is going to be the absolute most up-to-date number that's right you'll ever see yeah no i think it's i think it's cool and if, if you're like oh man I'm, I'm glad matt and joel mentioned some of those paid services that are in the 70 to 100 dollars range per year and some of them sound cool and heck maybe some of them might actually help me improve my finances but i'm i'm too much of a cheapskate to even give them a try well th- this might be uh, the fidelity full view might be worth considering especially if you already have an account with fidelity exactly so yeah go in there to the back end look it up and see if it makes sense for you it it, some uh, i think it it seems like a decent number of people have found it helpful enough to stick with it. it's got enough functionality not as much as some of those paid services and and not as slick of an interface that's for sure no Um, (laughs) like copilot we talked about copilot i mean that that is the slickest interface ever it's like i didn't gorgeous i did not look and see if they have an app do they is there a full view app oh that's a good question i'm not sure so either way i was just using on desktop yeah, I looked it up here at the office <laughs> as well. But again, especially if you have a Fidelity account, it already has some information there. And so you might, I don't know, be a third of the way there to entering all of your different accounts. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have not yet set up a net worth tracker or if you have not yet set up an account with uh, some of the new providers that we may have mentioned, head over to the show notes. We'll have the link to where it is that you can just click that and they'll ask you to log in and you might find it helpful. It's yeah. free. It's already there. It's so important to mention check too. Check it out. Big thanks to Alex for giving us the heads up on this. Yeah. And if you know of something that we don't know about, which there's a lot that Matt and I don't know about, we uh, an email. Joel knows a lot, but he doesn't know everything. <laughs> That's what I tell my kids all the time. Uh, <laughs> my son's always like, wait, do you know that guy's name? And I'm like, no, I don't know. Him. Uh, but so th- there is a bunch uh, that we don't know. And so if you if you have insight, if you've got something that like you're like, wait a second, how come I've never heard them talk about that? Send us an email man we'd love to hear it and be able to share it with your fellow listener so thank you to alex for doing that matt let's mention the beer we're having on this episode this one's called uh la vista mexican lager by frog rock brewery is it ostel uh ostel la vista mexican lager is it ostel la vista oh like uh the terminator wow i should have known I should, how did i mess that one up well because there's it's not like it's a terminator themed <laughs> brewery <know>. or anything. <laughs> so it's just random i just yeah. realized it. well so it's brewed in ostel georgia which is a suburb of Atlanta. I used to live 
Well, technically in Powder Springs for a close few months to there. there. But Austell is very close to Powder yeah. Springs. Well, I, sh- I should have gotten that. Austell La Vista. That's very Aust- good. Aust- well, next pun. But big thanks to uh, listener Joe for for giving us this beer in Crowler form. So we're looking forward to having this one, giving our thoughts at the end of the episode. But Matt, let's move on. Let's get to the um, listener questions. If you have a money question, Matt and I, we'd love to tackle it. The the website for the instructions, simple instructions for how to submit your voice memo is howtomoney.com slash ask takes all of a minute to record yourself send it over to us hopefully we can take yours on the next ask htm episode but matt this first question is from a listener who's like saying i'm thinking about having kids but how do i get ready for that hey joel and matt i'm christy calling from california been listening to your show about a year now uh actually came up on my top podcasts uh by spotify wrapped anyways Having been a listener for a while now, I think my husband and I have done all the recommended things like creating emergency funds, savings, maxing that 401k, investing in HSA, etc. We only have about like 10k-ish of car and student loan debt left, but we feel pretty confident we can wrap up in a few months. We were married for a year now and considering all the things it takes to have that first kid. Would really appreciate any advice you guys have about preparing for a baby financially and uh, just general advice as like dads yourselves. But yeah, love the podcast. Christy, thank you so much for that question. And yes, it, it was a whole lot of fun to see some of those Spotify wrapped visuals going around. What's funny is all the meme versions oh, yes. of <laughs> when folks are like, especially after Spotify did that massive layoff. And there's like oh my gosh. memes going around about that. <laughs> it's so funny. But we are massively thankful for everyone out there who has committed their podcast listening uh, or has at least included the, the How to Money show. Yeah. But Christy, I love that you are thinking about the financial impact of procreating. (laughs) Before you jump into the deep end, uh, it is well worth preparing for, both mentally and financially. Uh, Still your resolve right now. Yes, but I mean, that being said, like it is going to be impossible to truly fully prepare from (laughs) either vantage point as well, but it is important to think through, honestly, just how your life might change. Well, it's not how how it might change, how it will change. And I think it's important to think through some of the other goals that y'all might have yeah. uh, for your lives. Like, doesn't sound like you've been married for all that long, but truly, once kids are on the scene, it gets a little more difficult to achieve some of those different goals. And so think through some of these things that you might want to accomplish before you have kids. And I'm not trying to discourage you necessarily from having kids, but just know that things are going to, it's going to, it is going to look different. The guy with um, four kids discouraging people from having kids. Come I love on. kids. Kids are the best, but it does get more difficult. And so the reason I, I, me- I mentioned this is I think there could be a temptation to continually kick that can down the road. Like I want folks to enter into parenthood with their eyes wide open, but sometimes that can almost be overwhelming. And you think, Ugh, I don't know, man, like, are we mature enough can we handle it like who's gonna let us go home with a child yeah. from the hospital that's certainly how i felt well, it's, it, it makes, but so the reason i say this is like it makes me think about identifying a period of time when you're like okay i can picture myself being a parent at this point in time because literally this is the conversation kate and i had um i think it was like during premarital counseling but i was like oh i could picture myself being a dad maybe when i'm 30 years old before that i, I kind of want it to be more fun time with just the two of us but I literally stuck it on the calendar, like I in my Apple. <laughs> of course you did. I shot ahead. It was like five or six years. Did you go nine months in reverse from that date? <laughs> no, it's literally it's still on the calendar. It's funny, but January first, it's of uh, 2013 is with a question mark. It's like maybe have baby this year <laughs> with a question mark. But just treat it like any other goal that you might have. Take it seriously. Prepare for it. But also, you, you want to make sure you kind of weigh and balance that goal with 
other goals that you might have in life. Right, I disagree. Take yeah, it takes the fun out of it. Come on, you can't plan too much. Uh, it, it makes me think of different somebody, strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you, me th- you might be more of like just shooting from the hip. I am literally <laughs> <laughs> just winging it. Right, but I, but I do think, <laughs> but I do think for some folks, kind of thinking that proactively and being that intentional, robotically, some can, might say, <laughs> it can go a really long way. Yeah. And well, okay. It yeah. makes me think of like someone who's going to invest in real estate. You have to take this balanced approach because some people will say, I have to continue to gather information. I have to know everything there is to know about real estate investing before I can even consider making an offer. Right. And then there are other people who say, I hear real estate investing is a great way to build wealth. And they start making offers the next day. And there's a happy medium in there, right? Sure. Of like, yeah, it's important to like do your due diligence, learn some stuff, uh, attend maybe some real estate investing meetings, read a couple books, start listening to a podcast, whatever it may be, uh, before you like willy-nilly start making offers, save up enough of a down payment, have enough uh, understanding about where you're planning to invest. But then it's also possible to overdo that. And to say- well, thing called analysis paralysis. Yeah, I'm not fully prepared yet. And I think some people do that too. And the truth is like, when you're talking about having kids, Matt, you and I, we went to the, what was the class where, the birthing class, right? Where uh, oh, you, that's you right. get prepared for that. I forgot. Uh, Emily read what to expect when, ex- when you're expecting. <laughs> and and that, that's a that's like a rite of passage I think people go through, and understandably so. Emily Oster? Oster? Oh, yeah. She's dude. the uh, crib sheet. So she's an economist. So basically, Christy, if you're listening and you're like really into the numbers, if you haven't checked out her book or other folks out there who are expecting crib sheet and she's got a, a book too about treating your family basically like a company yeah and it's, it's for, again as far as efficiency and if you're more into the numbers and into the data she is an economist and she attacks motherhood from the from the point of view of the numbers and the figures and what yeah. the data shows as opposed to kind of like full on winging it yeah no but, she's super interesting anyway. but yeah i guess i just want to throw that out there it's you, you can overthink preparation too right totally. um, but, but and when it comes to like what you should be preparing for let's talk about finances uh first you're doing the important stuff already like you're maxing out yeah. the 401k that's huge right you're you're socking money into an hsa also massive and you've also got that e-fund saved up that all-important emergency fund which is clutch and so uh, the only potential account you might be missing is a roth ira if you're able to contribute to that and it might even be worth not maxing the 401k so that you can fully fund a roth ira if you're able to do that but that also might be part of the etc that you mentioned <laughs> like in your question that's true uh, but, you know plus you're going to be paying off that debt that you said that you have lingering around within just a few months so debt free with so much going towards investments is a great place to be and after that debt gets paid off you're going to have even more free cash flow well in advance of the baby coming so all in all at least from kind of an overall holistic financial picture christy it sounds like you're doing great it sounds like you're well on your path to financial independence you're making the right moves Um, and so it's i wouldn't be like oh no wait you're not in the financial position to have a child i definitely don't think that's the case yeah she's got a great foundation but let's talk now then beyond that essentially the the money gears that she's already worked through let's talk about some proactive steps she can take towards preparing for having a kid and basically what we're talking about here are labor and delivery costs and so joe you mentioned them freeing up some of that cash flow after paying off that car loan after paying off some of that student loan debt. By the way, you can go frugal uh, or cheap, not frugal on this. I suggested since my my mother in law is actually a uh, <laughs> a neonatal nurse, she's like knows what she's doing. I was like, what if we had the baby at home with your mom here? And my wife looked at me like, you're insane. This, I can't believe you even suggest be, that. Let's take the homegrown yeah, approach. Yeah. That, uh, almost, that almost got my head lopped off. No, but but take that money that you've got going towards some of that debt and use that to sock up uh, a hospital and birth fund, like a sinking. Like a baby sinking fund, essentially, yeah. which sounds not great. So let's call it a baby savings bucket. <laughs> uh, but how much that you'll need to set aside for that is going to certainly depend on your insurance 
it could cost a few hundred bucks. Uh, it could cost a few thousand dollars or potentially even more, but it is a good idea just to take a look at your insurance in order to figure out what's going to be covered, what's not going to be covered. But since you're planning ahead, uh, if the birth won't happen until, let's say, 2025, you'll have the chance even to, to switch up your plan during open enrollment the fall before, avoiding the high deductible healthcare plans for the year that you know you're going to incur a whole lot of expenses. Uh-huh. That might make a ton of sense. And so the best way to figure that out is just simply to crunch the numbers, figure out how much are we going going to be now paying in premiums every single month. But what does that mean that we'll be able to save on in the event of when we actually do have that baby? That's right. Yeah. Most of the time for relatively healthy folks, the high deductible healthcare plan makes a lot of sense if you have enough savings on hand. But if you're like, wait a second, this year is going to be the year we turn on the spigot. We're going to spend a lot on healthcare. And when you have a baby... That's the year that yeah, happens. You spend a bunch of money. Exactly. You want to be pre- prepared for that and compare those different insurance offerings and pick the right one given kind of your specific circumstances. And on the note of open enrollment, you might have access to a dependent care FSA. Uh, so I would say start thinking about child care and what your likely plans are. This is one of those areas that's become fraught with peril for assuming, parents. Yeah, assuming one of y'all doesn't already stay at home. I right, guess. yeah. And so like, yeah, you, you might have grandparents, let's say, who are eager to volunteer, or you, you might not. Um, and that can make a difference in how much you need to sock aside for, for that. But starting to save and then using the right account like the FSA to avoid taxes could be wise. And again, like maybe that first year you've got enough time off from your employer where you don't need childcare, but that's something to start thinking ahead about. Uh, and, and it's a good idea, Matt, kind of like you were alluding to, to have that conversation with your partner about future work plans and staying at home with the kids. Because either one of you might decide at some point that from a financial and from a lifestyle perspective, that it's something you like to pursue, Matt. And I feel like the tipping point is often the third child. That is when it's like, wait a second, uh, w- one of our careers needs to go potentially if you've got three kids like under the age of five, not in school yet. I mean, maybe not, but either way, it's a topic that should be on the table. Uh, and if either one of you are interested or considering going that route, it's better to at least explore living on one income sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. Kind of get used to the idea and used to the mechanics of a, a, a smaller income, funneling the extra income into savings so you're even more prepared. Totally. Yeah, fewer disposable dollars. That's a reality of... <laughs> oftentimes having a kid, right? Because of the inability for for one partner to to work. And that being said, we are so glad that you've been making so much progress on your finances up until this point. But again, as your family grows, (laughs) your savings rate, it might go down a bit. And that's that's totally okay. Like kids, A, they're worth it. But it's also why we're fans of front-loading the sacrifice, right? Just having a higher savings rate before you have kids, before they come along. And that doesn't mean that we're... intentionally like encouraging you to slack off when it comes to savings and investing once you do have kids i'm just saying to to give yourself a little bit of grace if you do need to pull back a little bit in order to feel more comfortable with a a new budget that now includes not only another family member but possibly even less income that's being generated by one of y'all who decides to stay home that's why it's great that you've been able to do as much as you have up until this point but if you're saying like listen no we are dialing it back to income we have other goals maybe we're glad we did. We're able to do as much as we did during those early working years, but we're okay with kind of dialing back um, and not being as laser focused on those investment accounts, so that we can, yeah, enjoy a little more flexibility yeah. as a family. And that's sort of what I was getting at, at towards the beginning, I guess, like thinking through some of the different goals that you might have, and to realize that things change. Uh, even though you might think, no, 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 we're going to keep things exactly the same. They don't stay exactly the same. Yeah. E- even if on paper a lot of things are able to to be maintained, 
whether it's from an employment standpoint, there's still going to be other costs, like you'd mentioned, even childcare. But in, in addition to that, food, just some of the other expenses that come along with adding more members to your yeah. family. Okay. Well, on that note, that makes me think of like one last thing that we probably need to mention to Chrissy. And, and there's probably a lot of things we didn't mention <laughs> too that are worth considering. But at least one thing is uh, buying things secondhand. I would put up the bat signal to friends and family. Oh, yeah. And I would say, hey, listen. Once you are pregnant. Yeah. And you've been pregnant for what? First trimester is typically... That's when you start making I'm getting rusty, man. It's It's been uh, over four years now <laughs> since we've had a baby. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah 12 weeks. Yeah, and, and, and but like then start putting the... Because like, think Let about know. all the free hand-me-downs and stuff like that oh you my can gosh. get. People love to give you baby clothes. Um, and, and think about maybe what you need to buy new and what you can get away with buying used, right? The, the $800 crib could be adorable. A $450 bassinet or stroller, something that might seem like a necessity. But the, truly, the more we can rely on hand-me-downs, borrowing, or Facebook Marketplace finds, the better off you're going to be. And you realize, obviously, you want a couple yep. of cute new outfits or something like that for the baby. Um, you, obviously... I'm not going to assume. Okay. Hey, I'm just saying, you, like, might, you, you might want to go full on frugal <laughs> and just go all secondhand. There's a lot of cute you stuff out there That's that true. folks are willing to That's true. have their friend's kid also take pictures You're of You're right. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, when they're growing so fast, it's like it, it, it can be crazy expensive because, I mean, sometimes, yeah. they, sometimes they're born and they're already wearing six month old clothes, depending on how big they are, right? So, <laughs> uh, it, it, like, some of the stuff you might have gotten as a baby shower present might already be just like too small, not fit the, the, the new baby or something like that. So, yeah. uh, I, I guess just you think can be about, strategic about what it, about the use things that you get because yeah. like there are certain things like car seats that's one where there's a racket and somehow the manufacturers of car seats oh yeah <laughs> they somehow have made it to where they have expiration dates <laughs> and i'm not saying to ignore that like we bought new car seats uh for our kids but everything else like literally pretty much everything else you can you can buy use that makes me think of before we had our first daughter we bought a mini crib i think for 40 bucks and A, it was more affordable because we've talked, man, it's been so long since we've talked about this. But the mini crib, it's a smaller crib. And in Europe, they just call Makes them. Makes sense if it's called a mini crib. They just call them cribs. <laughs> but here in the U.S. <laughs> kind of like cars. Uh, they're they're, they're supersized. Yeah. Exactly. But we paid something like 40 bucks for that thing. And we used it for, I want to say, over seven years. And to amortize that out, that's like barely over five bucks a year for some place for the kid to sleep it's like four cents of sleep oh my god oh <laughs> if you're into the numbers <laughs> really crunchy yeah. but you can be choosy when it comes to what it is that you buy new the things that you buy used, and the the things that were just where there's a massive amount of savings because you mentioned like a multi-hundred dollar fancy crib Ugh, it just depends on what your priorities are and, and what, whatever it is that you want your kid to be in, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, the guy who gave us this beer, by the way, Joe, we mentioned that at the beginning. Oh, yeah. He and his wife, they're about to have a baby. And I, I picked up this beer, giving him a stroller, a used stroller that we that we had because he needed a jogging stroller. And I was like, people are pumped to come out of the woodwork and give you stuff, even if they're just a random podcast host where you end up listening, <laughs> <laughs> listening to their stuff. But, it keeps you from having to... List something on That's Facebook right. Marketplace yeah. and coordinate with a buyer like, that okay. fails to show up. And... I could have made 50 bucks, but I'd rather give it to uh, you go. A, a guy that needs it. But Matt, we've got more to get to on this one, including, speaking of kiddos, we'll talk about 529 accounts. How do you actually invest the money inside of a 529 account? Mm, there's some nuance to the answer of that one. We'll, we'll get to that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, man, we are back from the break in. Let us now hear from a listener out in California. He's actually thinking about selling his house. Hi, guys. Great show. This is Larry from Huntington Beach. I would like your opinion if we should sell my house in Huntington Beach and move to Prescott, Arizona and buy a house. The numbers make sense to me. I think we'll have more money in Arizona. My house will be paid off in five years and plan to retire in about nine years. We should net about $1 million on the Huntington Beach home sale and buy a house in Prescott for about 500000 I understand we may be able to exclude up to 500000 on the taxable gain if we file jointly. So the second part of my call is, are we able to file jointly? My wife is an independent contractor with her own corporation. Currently, my wife and I have uh, $245,000 in IRA Roth IRAs, $110,000 in savings, $18,000 in investments. The only debt we have is the house. So any input would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Matt, I like this question because there's just a whole lot going on. And it's like, mm-hmm. should should I move? Shouldn't I move? And the, the truth is, w- when you're talking about moving, there's certainly a financial component to it. But moving also goes far beyond the numbers. Yeah. So if I said, hey, Matt, should I pick up and move to Thailand? You would say, 
I don't know, Joe. I hear it's a lot cheaper, but there are probably (laughs) other things that you should consider before you pick up and go. Um, And I have been to Thailand, thoroughly enjoyed it. I I don't know if I plan on living there for an extended period of time, but um, I'll go back and visit because it is inexpensive. We've talked about arbitrage back in the day, Matt, in episode 392. And that's a great way to to save money. And there's actually a really cool website that we mentioned back in that episode. It's called The Earth Awaits. We'll link to it in the show yeah. notes. But it's this, it's this site that helps you dig in and see what the average cost of living is around much of the world. And so I guess for Larry, I would say, are you moving for monetary reasons or for lifestyle reasons? And this is like truly the most important question because uh, it's, it's not that those secondary benefits like the cost of living or tax reduction, that they're not important, that they shouldn't factor in to kind of the decision that you make about where to live. Uh, It's just that where you choose to live is so much more than just those things, right? It's community, history, architecture, the beach even, (laughs) right, Larry? Yeah, Huntington Beach. Are you okay (laughs) with uh, moving away from the beach? And then, you know, make sure you wrestle with all of those realities before you just up and move to Arizona because you're saying, listen, we can sell this house for a million. We can buy something there for $600,000. we will be rich Arizona style. This is going to be great. There's just a lot of things to, to weigh, a lot of factors to consider before you just up and do it. Sure. Yeah. And certainly moving to Arizona, that's going to be a far cry from moving across the world to, to Thailand. Uh, Arizona is culture shock, but not nearly as much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you will have a lot of sun. You will have a lower cost of living there in Arizona. Uh, and so this does already have some positive arbitrage realities while not looking like a, a ma- massive upheaval to your life. And by the way, this is a classic retiree play where you've got retirees looking to move to the Sun Belt, Arizona, Florida, where you've got lower costs of living. Less, uh, less uh, snow to shovel for a lot of those. Less in taxes folks too, yeah. as well. Uh, but to move from an expensive locale to a cheaper, to a sunnier one. And it can just help to cover over a lack of savings, a lack of investments as well, especially if your home has appreciated as much as it sounds like Larry's has. The, this only goes to show and to prove that oftentimes your home, it's the number one asset that many Americans have. Yeah, um, we, d- we don't want that to be the case. Uh, for but it's just the money reality. Resources, but yeah. It's the reality of it. And this is one way to be able to retire earlier than you otherwise would likely be able to. Smart use of arbitrage can create some of those positive benefits and using the proceeds from the sale of that Huntington Beach home to be able to buy a home in Prescott for much less and to pay for it in cash. That's another advantage that you have. You don't have to worry about interest rates. But basically, what we're talking about here is cost of living. And this is something, Joel, that, I mean, I don't know how seriously Kate and I got when it came to considering moving out west when we're, we were talking about moving out to Denver or to Boise. But the first step I took helped me to realize that, like, okay, among many reasons this isn't going to work out because in my mind we were just paying a whole lot to live here in Georgia here in Atlanta because we were living close to the city and I'm like oh we're not taking advantage of the things that the city has to offer well that is until I looked once I compared Atlanta to Denver or to Longmont or even (laughs) Boise and it's just like oh wow Atlanta is surprisingly affordable. <laughs> and so that pretty, again, for multiple reasons, uh, that ended up being a non-starter. Uh, we didn't get very far with that. But make sure that you are, when you even are looking to move to other cities in the U.S., look at the cost of living, and it'll help you to see how far your dollars might go. Yeah, and again, it's it's not everything. There are parts of the country, like, you couldn't pay me to live there. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, sure. Uh, and so it's, it's... Even if they're offering old mansions for $1. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's 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 not... Even necessarily because I would hate that place and I couldn't get used to it. It's just because I live close to a lot of friends and family right now. And so, like, yeah, you'd, you'd have to do a lot of convincing <laughs> probably mm-hmm. to get me to do that. There would also have to be the world's best brewery there. Right. If yeah. that were to be the case, you probably would move. Yeah, I really might then. <laughs> well, let's talk about, like, the married filing jointly thing that Larry asked about as well. He, he asked whether or not they could file jointly. And I would say, 
yeah, you, you totally can. Like, is it going to be advantageous for you from a tax standpoint? That's a question we would recommend that you ask a tax pro because there's just so many different things lurking that impact how you file your taxes as a married couple. And Matt and I, you, you know, we, we hire tax professionals ourselves. They're well worth the money. Mm. Like, yep well worth it. Uh, and you know, if you make the wrong move here, we could be talking about paying thousands of dollars in unnecessary taxes. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. It's millions. <laughs> probably not. Maybe not millions. Probably not that much. <laughs> uh, but we, we, you know, Matt, we talked recently about the tax benefits of selling a home that's gone up in value significantly. Many individuals and most couples will be able to avoid taxation altogether on the gain of that property if they live there at least two of the last five years. And so even if you don't normally file jointly, Larry, you might want to do so the year that you sell your home, because if you don't, that exclusion, the tax exclusion is going to be cut in half from $500,000 to $250,000 of gain, which is a big deal. So again, I would consult a tax professional, but that is the way in a year in which you're selling a primary residence, uh, filing jointly is how you're going to be able to shield typically the most money from taxation. Yeah. Yeah. How much you'll owe in tax depends on what it is that you paid for that property, how much it is that it has appreciated, how much money you sunk into the property over the years. And then, of course, that all important filing status. But if this move is good for you from a lifestyle perspective, Larry, as well as that financial one, I, I would say go ahead and put that house on the market. Uh, start looking for homes in, in Arizona. Hopefully this is something you've already done, but I'm assuming you mentioned Prescott, Arizona, because you've been there, you like it. But if not, definitely go out there and just hang out. <laughs> Visit, I mean, just like Airbnb. For a month, yeah. Or, or even like a weekend, because I feel like if you go out there for a month, maybe, I guess, if you're working from home, right? Like if you are still working during the day and then truly you're living there like a local. But I would say like if you moved out there for just like a, even like a one week vacation, you might think, well, shoot, what am I supposed to do here for a week? <laughs> for a week? Yeah. But you also might be saying that same thing were you to take a week off from work and then just hang out there at your home in Huntington Beach. If you haven't developed some of those, some of those interests, some of those hobbies, some of the things that you want to pursue once you do enter into retirement. But yeah, go to Prescott, live like a local. You can start even honing in, not just on the city where you're kind of like, okay, according to the Census Bureau data, I should be able to find a median home for around $500,000. It depends so much on the specific neighborhoods and being able to pinpoint where it is that you want to live. I think that is a really important step as well. Something yeah. that you can do over the coming years as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point, Matt, too. It's not in the worst... It's often in the best interest of a lot of people who are moving to rent somewhere for for six months while you're kind of considering where you want to where you want to live, because you, yeah, if you end up buying the house and you say, oh wait a second, I actually really like southwestern Prescott, <laughs> that's my favorite part sure. of the town, and you're like, but I'm in northeast Prescott and it's too far to drive to the things that I really care about. Uh, it, the less you know about a town, the more it behooves you to rent for a little bit. It's not throwing money away. It's helping ensure that you don't throw more money away by making the wrong real estate purchase. That's right, man. Renting, whether long-term or short-term, can help you to get to know a city before you move there. Uh, but Joel is here from a listener now who has opened a Fidelity account, and it may not be the best account for him. Hey, Matt and Joel. This is Dave from Marietta, Georgia. I've been listening to your podcast for several years now, but I admittedly am not able to get to every podcast each week, so I apologize if you've already answered this. My daughter was born a couple of months ago, and I just opened a 529 account for her with Fidelity. I don't know if she will end up going to college, but I want to have at least something saved for her if she does decide to go. And if not, I'm really happy that I can now roll it into an IRA. I wanted to see if you have any advice on what I should have the funds invested in within the 529 account. 
knowing that she could use these funds in about 18 to 25 years or potentially keep them for the rest of her life makes me wonder if I should add in investments for less volatility if she decides to use them in the shorter term. Is this something where I can invest it all in FC Rocks and reevaluate in 16 years or so if I need to switch to some more stable things like bonds? Just wanted to get your take on it. Thanks. Dave, first off, congrats on the baby girl. Fresh newborn. You're, you're in the, uh, the, 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 the midst of... He's in the throes of it. Sleepless nights. So I will say, he was saying that he didn't uh, he hasn't been able to listen to all the episodes. What else are you doing, man? You've got That's a right. newborn now. You should be at home listening to every single podcast. You're not going out That's anymore. Right. We, should, we should be top of your Spotify rap next year. Okay, so I take that back. So this is unsolicited advice for Dave, but this kind of goes back to Christy's, maybe Christy's question. But, hey, you should be going out. Joel, I think back to... The first six months are actually the only window where you can. Well, and then on top of that, I know you agree with this because this is something that we did together, but it was our oldest girls were maybe just a couple months old before we started going out on date nights. And so once they're into a predictable rhythm, you put them down and then you would come over, you would hold down the fort and Kate and I would go out. And it is so important to make sure that you are carving out some time for you and your partner that's not just completely preoccupied with changes or a feeding schedule and yeah and you gotta have like some that. normalcy that again we're talking about christy's foundation her financial foundation but this is like a, f- a familial foundation like making sure that your relationship with your partner is super solid yeah but you would do that and then the next week it's your date night and i would and go over there you put some of them still do that like well, all these years later it's crazy so for literally for 10 years this is something that we have been able to maintain and dude i 100 percent credit that intentional time with how strong i think kate and my relationship is and I'm, yeah. i mean i'm sure you, you and emily feel the same it's a big part of it for sure yeah, yeah. That, so that rhythm matters a lot yeah less uh 529 advice more unsolicited uh <laughs> <laughs> baby slash couple, right. couple's advice well maybe we'll just change the focus of this podcast we'll see <laughs> but let's get on to kind of dave's question the heart of what he's asking about the, and there's something that we actually have to tackle dave before we offer our thoughts on picking funds inside of that 529 account we have some we have some advice on that front too but you mentioned that you opened up that 529 plan via fidelity mm-hmm. and we are big fans of fidelity especially when we're talking about 401ks iras hsas anything with a a in it i guess right um, but or <laughs> guess, a k guess what doesn't have uh <laughs> that's right okay 529 <laughs> does not have an a or a k in it dave and so you got to think twice about this the 529 gets the boot that's right you know, fidelity is actually unlikely to be your best choice uh with this specific plan with the 529 ca- uh, uh, account because the state of georgia already has a killer direct sold plan and i know it can be confusing but 529 plans are unique and the best way to fund one is through a state-specific plan almost all the time. You know, and, and, and often, but not always, that means going through the plan of the state you live in, right? And that is specifically true for us in the state of Georgia. We have one of the best lowest-cost plans in the nation. And, and Matt, there's a bunch of states that have great low-cost plans and a tax benefit to go along with it. But while Fidelity does manage a few of the state plans, Georgia isn't one of them. And so, nope, Dave, this could mean that you're missing out on a massive benefit going this route the state income tax deduction. So we would say, normally our advice to most people is not to ditch Fidelity, but in this case, ditch Fidelity and go directly through Path to College, which is Georgia's specific 529 plan. You're going to get uh, greater tax savings and the costs are going to be ridiculously low. Exactly. Yeah. So in our state, the state of Georgia, so Dave, he said he's in Marietta and technically that's where we live. We, is, like, yeah. we always say Atlanta because I, I, I still claim Atlanta. We you know, spent the past two decades basically down in city proper, but technically we're up in Marietta mm-hmm. now. Uh, so we are here 
here in the state of Georgia, like Dave is, and in our Dave is. And in our state, you can mitigate that state income tax on up to $8,000 that you sock away into a path to college, uh, college savings plan per beneficiary. And that means if you've got multiple kids or Joel, even in your case, if you've got a wife going back to school, which I do, and I'm taking advantage of this, (laughs) you can. So we're we're both we both have the ability to offset uh, our state income tax by $32,000. You can massively reduce your state income tax by socking more money into that account. Of course, you don't want that to be the only reason that you contribute to a 529 account. You don't want the tail to wag the dog. Uh, There are better investment accounts out there that are going to offer better tax avoidance uh, and help you to build wealth for your own future that take into account federal uh, deductions as well. But this is worth mentioning. Uh, So, Dave, for you, stop contributing to that Fidelity plan. Go directly to, so literally the URL is path, the number two, college, 529, Dot com. Go to that instead. Uh, and it's a fairly well-run website. The The plans that they offer there are great. The fees are insanely low, uh, and it really is one of the best in the nation. Anybody who's listening to this and you live in the, the great state of Georgia, you are lucky to have this as an yeah, option. Agreed. And, and all right, let's specifically get to the heart of Dave's question, which was about which funds to invest in inside of a 529 plan. And FZ Rocks, you mentioned that. That's a great fund that we talk about regularly because it's a, t- a ridiculously cheap, and by cheap, I mean free, uh, uh, total stock market index fund. And so it's it's particularly great for really young investors in the wealth building phase of their life. And your new, newborn kiddo would kind of fit that bill, right? Who's got uh, almost two decades, at least know, 18 years, yeah, yeah. for, for the, this money to grow. The, the, the choices that you're going to have through Georgia's 529 plan, though, they're static portfolios and they're dynamic age-based ones. So they're multiple different uh, choices that you can make. Static means you can choose a specific fund, like an all-equity or an all fixed income allotment, but the age-based choices are are the best choice for most people to make, I would say. They're kind of akin to a target date fund, exactly. but on a truncated timetable. What's the expense ratio on these funds? It's 0.06 to 0.1. It doesn't get much better than that. The, the fees are negligible, essentially. Insanely low. And so, so yeah, I think the target date fund, Matt, just for most people makes sense because over the years, that will gradually get slightly more conservative as mm-hmm. the, your kiddo gets closer to college. So I really like that as a choice for most people that kind of set it and forget it. Totally. Yeah. And we're specifically highlighting the Georgia plan, but most states have similar offerings, although not many with quite as tiny of an expense ratio as here in Georgia. Uh, but whether your state has an age-based plan or not, you could go with an all equity choice. So that static option, which has performed a whole lot better this year. Certainly, it's not going to be true every single year. But if you do opt to go in that more risk, more reward direction, you'll likely want to remember to change that as you get closer to your little girl needing that money for school. I think you mentioned, Dave, like maybe in 16 years or so, I think that might be a a good period of time to to take a look at that. Because, again, if you look at it depends on how comfortable you are with risk, because when you look at the and we've mentioned this frequently, but the rolling periods of time and how often the stock market is to go up. Personally, I don't like. I don't. I don't think I'm going to consider looking at that until my oldest kid turns 15. Because if you look at the rolling three-year period, it's about 85% of the time that the stock market goes up. And so, even money that you were to be to invest for her at age 15, you still have three more years of of there being a high likelihood of that amount increasing. And even if you pair that back even to a single year, it only drops from 85%. To 75%, which is still very high. The odds are still highly in your favor that were you to leave that in the market, it would continue to grow. That's why we say 
three out of every four year of uh, money invested in the market, historically speaking, does go up. The stock market does go up, meaning that the money that you'll have will be a higher amount. So yeah. I think I'd, you can feel comfortable with either one of those choices. Just yeah. like you, like kind of what you're saying though, is set a calendar reminder for 12 to 15 years from now to reassess, right? And to say, wait a second, if I chose the all equity fund, should I pair this back now to the target date fund just so that I'm not putting all the chips on the table as I'm getting closer to needing the money to spend totally. on, on I think, college. And I think it depends too what the market is doing at that point in time as well, because let's say it's been 15 years and the market is at all time highs. And you know that she's definitely going to go to college. I would be, I think I would be more prone to go ahead and, all right, let's go ahead and shift that money over to quote unquote target date fund. But again, given the historical returns of the market, if the market is in a slump, I think I would say, well, let's go ahead and leave it. Let's leave it invested because yeah. chances are of it rebounding are pretty high over the course of the next few years. Yeah, uh, it gives you some flexibility. But I think flexibility, you, absolutely, you can go with either one of those directions. And especially sure. if she's not going to go to college, right? Because that's something you, you talked about reevaluating. The older she gets, she's going to have opinions as to what it is her life is going to look like. And so, if she is not going to use that money for higher education leaving it completely invested in equities because guess what? She's not going to need to tap this until she's retiring because this is going to roll into a Roth. That would definitely be an instance of leaving that money invested 100% in equities. Yeah. Yep. No, that's true. And, and that having that as a backstop, being able to roll those dollars over into Roth IRA money for the beneficiary is one of the coolest new features that 529s offer. So, uh, Big thanks to the Congress for fixing yeah. that, <laughs> fixing that <laughs> issue. But Matt, we've got a, a little more to get to on this episode, and specifically, what about not helping a baby invest? What about helping a teenager who's getting their first job to invest? We'll, we'll talk about that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So, if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, so this is almost like a kid-themed episode. We, we, we're talking to somebody who ha- doesn't yet have a kid. We've talked to somebody who has a very, very young kiddo. But we now have our Facebook question of the week. He's got a kid that's a bit older. Uh, So this one's from Eric. And he said, question for parents of working teens. What have you found is the best way to get them to invest in their retirement? Roth IRA? Even if it's only 5 or $10 a week, I want them to view investing as standard practice and get used to having a standard percentage taken out every week. Our son is now 16 and he starts his first job this weekend at a grocery store. I'm doubtful they will have a 401k or that he will be eligible. <laughs> yes, unlikely <laughs> that right. he's going to get a match at a and, and Kroger or Winn-Dixie well, or something. Well, let's be honest, some of those some of those companies do offer it but not to their part-time employees, yeah. right? Not and, to, not if you're bagging groceries and right. hauling in carts. There there are some notable exceptions though. Uh, some companies that like Starbucks that offers you know, some pretty significant benefits to folks who are working uber part-time, right, in the 20-hour work week range. But with your with your kid being in high school, he might not even be working that much, right? But yeah, congrats to you and your son on this job. I think high school jobs are the best, Matt. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like, mine sure taught me a lot. There's a, a different way of relating to a manager than relating to a teacher. And even just being a few minutes late or uh, being slightly lazy, right, when I should have been working. Like, I learned I learned a heck of a lot about work ethic in the, and I started working when I was 14 at the fast food joint across the street from my high school. And it just, it was, it was a really good experience. I wouldn't say like, I loved it at the time, <laughs> but it molded me in some really important ways. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's great that Eric is down for micro investing too. five or 10 bucks. Yeah. Even just that a week, like he said, can and will make a difference for your son. And it's more than just the money, right? It's the habit of starting to invest at such a young age that's so powerful. Oh, yeah. It's it's the fact that he starts to see himself as an investor. He's doing the thing. It's kind of like kinetic energy. It's like the object in motion tends to stay in motion. And I think the same thing is true for investors. It's like the earlier you start, the it's unlikely that you're just going to be like, eh, not doing that anymore. You're probably, Even if you continue it at just a meager pace, you're going to continue. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think back to what I was taught about money, basically my parents taught me to give away 10% of the money I earned from doing my chores. Like starting from the, I mean, as early as I can remember counting dimes, (laughs) I was giving, like I would receive a dollar and I was giving one of those dimes, one of those 10 away. And that stuck with me. Uh, It's, and because of that, it's something I've literally never struggled with. It's become something that's important to me, whether I was, whether that was like, it's knee jerk. Yes. It's a little more intentional now, but at the same time, it's so ingrained as to how it is. I handle my money, like whether it was working in, in college or as a young adult, when Kate and I first got married, it was like never uh, a question that was on the table. It was just sort of like a default. And it's like, well, if we're not going to do this, we need to talk about it. But the assumption is that we're going to continue to to give away a, a portion of our money. And so again, especially at a young age, kids can be so impressionable and you can have such a big impact even though in the moment you might think 
okay, what big difference is this, is this actually making? It feels small. It feels small, but it go, man, it goes a really long way. Yeah, I would say that, that the behavioral impact is even more important than the monetary impact. Yeah, you're not going like, to... Not even close. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, his first year of working a real job, like, once he's in college or post-college, he's going to be able to more than dwarf right. the money that he's been able to basically accumulate, most likely, his entire working teenage career, yeah. essentially. Unless he, like, goes out and starts his own lawn mowing business yeah. i had a friend in high school and he was crushing it like he ended up he was buying like trailers bringing on other guys to cut lawns for him as well i was like dude and he ended up running that business uh like well into his 20s oh and really 30s. oh that's yeah. cool it's, it's amazing but eric was asking about specific accounts the Roth IRA, like that, that really is the smart way to go here for your son. And a reason for that is because his income is likely going to be incredibly low as a teenager. Every dollar that you shove into a Roth, when your earnings are meager, it just gets amplified in a massive way. And a Roth is, is definitely a, a great way to do that. Yeah, Plus, the, just the added flexibility. I'm not going to harp on about how great the Roth IRAs are, but you, you have also got that. Well, the, the, and the higher your earnings, the more difficult it is to choose Roth over traditional because you're like, I should, should I take the tax break now? But the lower your income is, which as a high school working at a grocery store, it's not going to be anything to write home about. And talk about the, the ridiculously high standard deduction. I mean, that is another thing that's yep. just going to uh, ensure that basically any money that he socks away in a Roth is largely shielded from tax and also will never be taxed again. So Roth for the win here for sure. So I, I, we would suggest helping him open one up via Fidelity or Vanguard. Betterment's a great uh, way to go too. You might want to incentivize him even by offering a match of your own. So this is just oh, yeah. this is just another way to kind of enhance the behavioral benefit of helping him to invest. So let's say, for instance, he's willing to contribute $2,000 of the $5,000 that he's earned. Maybe you can add a 50% or even a 100% match if you have the spare cash and you're so inclined yeah. to kind of help him go down this path even more quickly. It's just such a great thing to be able to do for, for him and for his future. And it can help drive home powerfully uh, just how important investing can be at an early age when you're saying, listen, like, yeah, you're going to see an average of like, you know, 9% returns in the market over the year, something like that. But guess what? Uh, this year and next year, you're going to see a 100% return because the the daddy match is kicking in. And that's going to be way more powerful, especially in those early years of investing. Because honestly, seeing uh, 9% on $2,000, that ain't much. Right. <laughs> and so it... You know, like you said, even matching up to 100%, right? So him being able to turn his $2,000 into $4,000, that's great. What you can't do is match it 200% where he's ultimately contributing $6,000, right? So his two plus... $4,000 that if you're matching 200%, right? And that's because he didn't earn $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> he earned $5,000 in this example. And so that's one particular that you need to pay attention to is that you can't, even though the IRS allows, well, you might be saying, the IRS, uh, I thought the contribu contribution limits were $6,500. Well, yeah, but he didn't earn $6,500. You have to technically actually earn the amount that you're socking away within yeah. a, a Roth IRA yeah. uh, like that. So that's something to keep in mind as well. You can't exceed the amount that he actually earns. So these couple of levers, these couple of levers are going to be huge in, oh, yeah. in helping your son get started on the right foot. And the it, fact that you're thinking it's, it's about it, like that boost, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like him think about it, wind huge. at his back. And I don't know, we're like six, five, six years away from our oldest daughter driving on her own, which sounds kind of far away, but it's really not that far away. Yeah. And we've already started to have some discussions where, I've said, hey, you know, if mom and I, mom or I aren't driving, uh, if there's a car available, of course, you'll be able to, we'll, we'll let you borrow that car. But if you're wanting something that's your own or something that's different, you need to start saving now. 
but also whatever money you're willing to uh, put towards buying that car, we will be willing to match 100%. So let's say you've got $7,000 that you are able to save up in the next five years from babysitting and whatever other job you might pick up. All right, dang it. We got to make sure to set aside another $7,000. That way she's able to buy a $14,000 vehicle if that's something she's wanting to do. But yeah, some of those just different ways to incentivize behavior all about it, man. But, you know, yeah. Those incentives matter, right? They they help define what choices we make. And if the incentive is big enough, I'll change my behavior pretty quick, <laughs> uh, for sure. On, but on not a whole too big. Of, yeah. Because that's, I mean, I think that's what's so great about the 100% match is because employers will, will match dollar for dollar. Like that yeah. is a realistic incentive that you'll see out in the market. But you, you also don't want to do it too much. You don't want to make it so unrealistic that it almost spoils them to real investing in the real world. It makes me think about trying to teach the kids about compounding interest. And I was paying 1% on money that they left, quote unquote, invested in uh-huh. their account. But I was paying that weekly. <laughs> and, and that 1% every single week, it built up pretty pretty dang quickly. And so I, I also wonder on one hand, if when they do start investing, I just kind of ruined it for them because they're like, never. If they're always going to expect 2020 Bitcoin like returns <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it comes to their regular investments, I'm afraid that I've even set the bar too high when it comes to investing. I don't think investing. so. You don't I, think think it's so? The, I think it's the concept that matters more than kind of exactly how it plays out. But it's, I guess I think about when I was a kid and seeing the measly returns from opening a savings account. Exactly. And this is back in the late 80s, early 90s. You're like, why do people do this? And I'm just like, this is the most disappointing thing ever. I'm, I'm <laughs> earning like pennies. But, but granted, that was a savings account. I wasn't actually investing. Yeah. But even still, I just remember that as a kid and I was under incentivized at that point. And I'm afraid that maybe I swung too far with my kids and over incentivized. But I think finding the happy medium for I, you, Eric, is, is the most important thing. I think thing. it's hard to overdo it. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I mean, uh, yeah. So I think this is, a, this is a good way to do it. I think it's a tried and true method. And I think you, you're you already on the right path. You're asking the right questions. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to help shepherd him in the right direction, no matter like how how much of a match you're, you're giving, I think. But uh, Matt, that's, uh, let's, let's head back to the beer on this one. Yeah. This, uh, this was, and I'll pronounce it right this time, Hasta la Vista, Mexican lager. <laughs> Hasta la Vista. <laughs> Hasta la Vista. And it's by Frog Rock Brewery. What were your thoughts on this beer, man? Yeah, okay. So on the can there, it says that this is made from Lithonia Spring. Wait, is it Lithonia? Or Lithia. Lithia. Lithia Springs spring water. Yeah. How much do you think that that spring water impacts the flavor of this beer? Because Pro- Probably a lot. It tastes... Water's the number one ingredient in beer. It, it makes sense. Yeah, it's... And it says on there, like, it's got a certain amount of, uh, like, sulfate or sulfites or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can taste that. I don't... And maybe I'm just imagining it in my head, but, the like... The braining's got to you. Do you feel like that there's, like, almost like a... Like a... The tiniest minerally sulfur-like quality to... There's, to like, this, a mineral to sweetness water? to this one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like it. Yeah. At first, it kind of caught me off guard, but the more I kept sipping it during this episode, I thought... I kind of dig this. I mean, it's like straight from the earth. I don't know. It feels like pure. Something about it makes me feel like I'm out in nature, I guess, drinking from a, a spring that happens to produce beer. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible? If you find it, let me know. Uh, yeah, no, I really like this one too. And I didn't realize Mexican lagers, they're actually, and I looked this up in advance of recording this, they're Vienna lagers made with adjuncts, typically with corn. And so th- this is this is ah. sweeter, I would say, than most Mexican lagers I've had, but it's it's laid back. 
It's a good. It's a good brew. And the, I've Mexican, never even heard of these guys. I feel like you know what Mexican lagers are supposed to have a lime though, right? We didn't have a lime uh, on this one. So next time we have this one, that might add a sharp sharp tartness to it. Yeah, I think yeah. that would that would perfect it for sure. Yeah. Maybe so. we'll swing by there, check these guys out. I've literally never even heard of these, but definitely thankful for Joe for donating this one plus another one that we're going to have at some point as well Mm -hmm. all right buddy that's going to do it for this episode uh until next time best friends out best friends out Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.